chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house. Somebody say, fill the house. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then, yeah, there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were filled all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and, be, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for these moments like this. We thank you for days like this. God, that you give us the ability to do what we could not do without you. Father, you're renovating our childhood. Anything that made us think small when you were doing something great in our lives. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who has been the best friend that he could ever be to us. When people walked off and left us, the comforter was still there. When people who left and didn't plan to leave left, you were still there. And we thank you for the power that came from heaven, not from man. It came from heaven. It gives us the ability to do what we do. But we thank you most of all. You said you would not leave us comfortless. You were talking to the apostles. You, I'm going to leave you a comforter. You did. And all the way up into this day, over 2,000 years later, we still sense him. We still trust him. We still rely on him. Father, we pray in advance for the greatest outcome that this message can bring. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Go ahead and take your seats. Title of my message is Feel the House. Feel the House. Feel the House. Well, uh, I thought we should be filled. Well, I'm going to walk you through some things, and I, I believe that are very important. Uh, I'm into climate and atmospheres. I've always been into climates and atmospheres. So if I walk into your house or walk into whatever you're doing and I look at what you're attempting to do, I can tell by the climate whether you're going to accomplish that or not. So if I don't sense that you're going to accomplish your goal, I'm possibly not going to stay long. Because we set goals, but we never, we never evaluate the climate. If, if, you, if you take a person who is struggling financially, there is a climate in that household that causes that. It blocks out information that will cause you to be financially wealthy. So if you take a, a business that wants to ascribe to, to bring in billions of dollars, but they have a $2 mentality climate in the atmosphere. They will struggle to reach $100 if they do in an entire week. It is the climate that determines what you're going to produce. That's why you, you raise certain fruits and vegetables in certain areas because of the climate. So the climate is very important. Even on the day, if the climate is wrong, you're not going to get the manifestation of what you're attempting to get. So even, uh, 8.30, I came out here. I was going to have Elder Adrian to come out here and lead in 10 minutes of prayer. But I know the devil's after the climate. Because if the climate is wrong, the infilling will not be here. So you have to make sure that the climate is right. And the worst thing you can have is resistant leaders with you. Because they don't understand we're trying to set the climate. They're so selfish and dogmatic and, and they are vain in their thinking, meaning they're empty in their thinking. 
Because if you don't set the climate, you can't grow a church. This is church growth. If you don't have a good climate, I don't care how many good ideas you have. You have to have the climate that produces growth if you're going to grow. So behind this pandemic that we've been behind, we're going to have to create a climate if we want people of color to come back and worship in the house of God. Because the climate that many of us have or are accustomed to is a climate of fear. So we have to teach more on faith in order to change the climate so they feel comfortable coming in the house and sitting. Now, I don't understand how that they can go around all these family members that have been everywhere they could be. And then they come around the church and they're sitting about 10 feet away from one another. And they're so scared. And then you just let somebody, mm-hmm, let's get out of there. But it's, it's a climate. It's a climate. It's a climate. So whatever you want to do, you got to create the climate. So for 25 years, if I wanted to grow, if I wanted to advance, first I go after the climate. Because if you have the right climate, you will attract the right people. Some of us attract trash because we're creating a junky environment. Let's just talk just a little bit more. And this is just my opening. A lot of people wonder why they attract so many negative people. Why? Because you are a negative environment. Because people who don't like a negative environment, when they experience a negative environment, they're going to leave that environment. They're not going to tolerate that environment. I'll tell you like me, you create a negative environment, I am going to tip out with my finger up, but I'll never return to a negative environment. I don't care if I preach, I don't care if you have me doing all kind of stuff, if I feel like that environment is not conducive, but what God wants to do in my life, I will never return. So it's all about the environment, don't invite me and then don't want me. I'll take it a step further. Don't come and sit in my church if you don't want me to be your pastor. Because we're creating an environment. If you want sons and daughters, you have to create a fatherly spirit in the house. So when you come in here, whether you want to be my children or not, you my children when you come on this campus. So if you don't want no daddy, you don't want no father, you should have drove down the street so you can play with some of your buddies. So it's a climate that you begin to create in order to pull in what God wants to do. So everything is about the climate. To have high levels of productivity is not about the project that you set up. It's about the climate because you can have nasty people with a good plan. And if you got nasty people with a good plan, your plan is going to fail. So you got to be careful when you're choosing people to put on your team. They may have skill, but they got a nasty attitude. So they start to change the climate and you're wondering why there's a repellent in your organization. It's because you got people in your organization with a nasty spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, they had to create a climate because creating this climate was going to determine whether the room got filled and whether the room got filled, the room didn't get filled. They weren't going to get filled. So everything happens in the climate of the room. So when I get up, I am not talking to you. When I address Jezebel, I'm not talking to you unless you're one. I am creating a climate. 
because there's an end result that I am expecting to see. So if I don't create the climate, all I'll do is get up here and work manually without the help of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is into climate. The Holy Spirit does not come to a, a climate that's not conducive. So you can have a good church service, you can have Pentecost, but you won't have the Holy Spirit present because the climate is not conducive for him. So when you start thinking about the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to rape you. He is not going to take sex from you. He is not going to take anything from you. He'll just back off until you make up your mind. You're ready for him. He wants to marry you. He doesn't want to just date you. There's a climate. There's a climate for everything that God does. God is not going to step over your wheel and bless you. You got to be willing and he will bless you. So he is not going to snatch you up, pull you up by your tie, grab you by the back of your coat and make you receive. He's just going to push you to the side and bless the one next to you. It's all about the climate. You can be all around people getting blessed and never get blessed. Because those people have a certain climate and a certain attitude. So they get a certain thing. But if you're just close to them, doesn't mean you think like them or feel like them. And God can reach down and bless them real good. And now you're jealous of them because you had the wrong climate in the first place. Because the Bible says rejoice with those who are rejoicing. If you would have broke out in a praise when they got their breakthrough, yours would have flowed right over into your life. And see, we can't hold hands because of the COVID. And I used to be intentional about us grabbing, grabbing hands because it represented unity. And some people don't want to hold your hands, but they can be conduit that you flow to the next person. But we can't hold hands anymore. So you just have to be willing sitting right where you are. Because when the climate is right, everything else is going to begin to go right. And see, you think you're the one that makes it happen. No, you get into the river where it's already happening. And that's the problem. Some of us get to the place in leadership and in success that we think we create the river. No, you don't create the river. That's why you're in a drought. You have to find the river where it's flowing and go with it. So what I do when I get up, I am feeling for the river and I'm feeling for the zone that I need to be in in order to be effective at communicating my message because I can be a failure just like others if I don't find the flow. What you have to find is the flow. You have to find the environment that God is encouraging and strengthening through. And I don't like people to just come on up here, you come on, but I don't like people to just give because if you're just giving and there is no flow and there's no climate, you just emptying your pockets. But if the climate is right, before you can get back to your seat, somebody may touch you and say, I want to bless you. I saw you trying to bless I want to bless you see God has no problem doing great things God's problem is nobody's bold enough to address the climate so people are so selfish in this day and time when you start addressing the climate they think you're talking about them nobody's talking about you we're trying to get that log out of the middle of the river that's blocking the flow and if you want to be the log that's your prerogative but some of us are not the log we know how to flow with it somebody's out I'm flowing with it so true success is not just existing, it's in a flow, it's in a climate. If you had a store and you were marketing certain things, I would not spend all my money on marketing if I could not find the climate in order to produce the end result of what I want. Let me talk to the business owners. You can spend all your money putting a sign on your car, putting a sign on your building, getting a building, all that kind of stuff. You can do that on the church, but it doesn't mean anybody's coming. People only come where the climate is conducive 
to where they want to return. So you got a good idea about a bad climate. So what they had to do in the book of Acts, they had to create a good climate. Too many people have talent and bad attitudes. That means you got a bad climate with your good product and you got to change that because i don't care how good you are at what you do if you're snarling up your nose while you're fixing my plate you'll never fix another plate for me again and I came to let you know if you're going to hire a bunch of uh, mm -hmm's and they come in there and mistreat me and dishonor me I'm going to get rid of them and you but you have to understand a climate. A climate is everything. And people always want to be nasty. That's why they can't get in the upper room. Because you could not bring nasty people in the upper room. You can't bring people who say, I want to do it this way. I want to do it that way. And I think it ought to be. You could not have that in the room and have the right climate in the room. And the reason so many churches are struggling because everybody thinks they have enough knowledge to be the pastor. But that is not the truth. Pastoring is anointing. Pastoring is a calling and if you haven't been called you sure not anointed to do it so you're messing with the climate so the room needs to be filled because there are needs in Jerusalem that needs to be met I'll take it a step further the room needs to be full because there's needs in Birmingham that needs to be met there's a lot of crime going on in other cities as well but there's some needs that need to be met and those needs cannot be met because the climate in the room is off so you got people who want to you got people who don't want to you got people who don't know what they want to do but it's time when you got a leader you wouldn't you shouldn't be struggling what to do because you're listening when you got a leader if you ain't got a dream join his dream I believe dreams are contagious. You get close enough to somebody else's dream, you start dreaming. God has no respect to person. You want to go higher, get around somebody going high. It all works together. So the, 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 the room has to be, the room has to be the type of room that the Holy Spirit wants to come into. Because before he fills the people, he's got to fill the room according to what I read. So the day was the fullness the fullness of the day was Pentecost. They are at Pentecost. It's a day. It's a holiday. It comes every single year on the Jewish calendar. But you will miss Pentecost if you don't have things in order in the room. So it's not that opportunity doesn't come. The room is just not prepared. I'm really careful about the people I run with in this season of my life. I'm 5'5", five, five, I'm double nickel, I'm 55. I can't waste my time with people who are going to tank my room. Let me, can I help you some? If they happen when they up and everybody sees them and when they sitting in the pews, they frowning. Leave them where they are. They ought to praise from the pews. They ought to worship from the pews. They ought to clap from the pews. They ought to support from the pews. Because if they don't from the pew, when they get up, they're going to shut everything down. All right. I try to tell business owners, you finding somebody that don't have a job, hire somebody that doesn't have a job as a sign that they're doing something. Stop trying to fill positions because you don't want to pay them what the wages said you should pay them. Find somebody doing something and leave those people who are not doing something alone. It's the climate. That's a reason they're sitting on the side of the road. 
If I, I don't care what, I'll get a job at McDonald's. They'll hire me to clean up the parking lot. I'm going to do something with my life. I'd rather get somebody cleaning up the parking lot of, of McDonald's than to get somebody sitting on the side of the road thinking they got a degree in something. Okay, excuse me. So the day was fully calm. The room was filled with a sound from heaven. A might, a mighty wind. You, you, you don't have those scenarios before. It's always order in everything. If you didn't have the fullness of the day and you didn't have the room being filled, the people were going to walk out empty. God is a God of order. Stop trying to take the shoes and put them on the head. Whenever God's going to do something, he is going to set order. Now, for many of your churches, and I'm talking about streaming too, stop letting your praise team run that church. Because as long as the order is off, the people are going to be empty instead of full. And people have a tendency to get into a lot of things when they're not full. So every Wednesday, Tuesday, and, Saturday, and Sunday, the people need to be filled, especially if they're under my leadership, because I am talking. But if you have an inexperienced person that don't like fathers, and you got to be careful. What I do now, and I'm just teaching some stuff today. What I do now, I evaluate. If you didn't like fathers and you didn't like your boss and you didn't like anybody in authority, you're going to be a problem to order. So you're going to create something in the room where the Holy Spirit can come and the evidence of the blessing is upon the people. The day of Pentecost, the evidence of the blessing, not just tongues came on them. The evidence, why? Because the room was in order. <sighs> Y'all still with me? Let me take you through five things real quickly. And what we're doing, we're setting the room. Some of y'all came in here for a miracle. Some of y'all gonna get a miracle. Number one, in order for those who were about 120 to be filled, the day had to be fully come. So it's a designated time that God wanted to show up on their behalf. So that day had to be there. Somebody say this day. So this day, like many of you, you have certain days that you're not going to miss. You have certain paraphernalia that you have for that day. And you know you're getting excited. Even though the day had not come, you're getting ready for that day. I don't care what hell is going on in your life. You're excited about that day. I don't care how much your money been funny. You're still excited about that day. I don't care how much your husband and wife are acting crazy, children are acting crazy. You're still excited about that day. If you want to get a lot out of the day, you got to be excited about the day. Well, I'm going to see a lot of people I hadn't seen before or hadn't seen in a while. You got 
got to be excited about that day because being in the upper room is about an excitement and an anticipation that something's going to happen that we have not seen happen in a while. And all of you who are stuck in an old day and an old anointing, you have no, no way of knowing what God is going to do today. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. Stay with me. Number two, these feast times in the Pentecost is a feast time. These feast times like Pentecost are important to God and they should be important to us. They're important to God and they should be important to us. Be careful when you have been a church goer and the things that are important to God are no longer important to you. If you can find people who are just meeting you more excited about what God is doing than those who have been with you and come over the hurdles with you and walk through the forest with you and walk through darkness with you. If you're not excited when you've done all that, what's the matter with you? You ought to be shouting, I made it, I made it. Oh, I made it. Thank God I made it. I don't care if I came out with one leg, one eye. I still made it. Don't care if I can, didn't bring everybody with me. I still made it. Yeah, I hate they didn't make it, but I made it. See, you, you got to be careful. You got to be careful because a lot of people, when God thinks it's an important day, but think people think it's just another day. And you got to be careful who you surround yourself with because they'll think it's just another day. Oh, we just going to wear white. Well, we wore white when we went out to the party and got drunk. Well, you ain't going to get drunk on the same thing in this party because this is the day that the Lord has made. He said we can rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that your depression breaks. This is the day that your soul holes lift off. This is the day that the yoke is destroyed. This is that day. If you knew that you were going to get a breakthrough, how would you act? If you knew that God was going to liberate your life today, what would you do? If you knew you were in the spotlight of heaven, what would you do? Act like God is moving every day for you and you will never miss his day. is important to God. It marks in history that God done something great. And God's like this, I want to do it again. I just want to do it again. God's in heaven and says, I want to do it again. I want to open up heaven again. I want to pour out heaven again. I want to do it. Anybody ready for God to do it again? I'm not talking about a high energy service. I'm, I'm talking about the God that created the heavens and the earth coming down to earth and sitting with us. Number three, God is filling the room with the winds of heaven to prepare everyone in the room. So the winds of heaven came into the room. Tongues hadn't gotten there yet, but the winds were there. You ever been in a church service, you can kind of feel the winds blowing? So, something moving? What, what is that? Did, did the apostle just turn the air down? 
What, what is that I sense in the atmosphere? See, this is the thing on the tail end of the pandemic. You can't just do church and people have to have an experience. So if they don't have an experience, they're not going to attend your church because they've already streamed in. They already gone to your website. They've already been to your church and you didn't even know they were in your church. But now they want an experience because they saw what was on your website and they streamed in and now they came for an experience. They already know where everybody's standing. They already been in your lobby. They already been in your parking lot. They already been on your stage they already been in your classrooms now they want an experience so if you can't produce an experience in your room then they're not going to return how many of y'all came for an experience today you didn't come you already done your research you already know who Stephen A. Davis is you already know about refresh you know more about refresh than the people who are in leadership know about refresh you came for an experience and if you came for an experience I want you to jump up on your feet and say I am gonna get my experience you're always thinking nobody knows anything about you 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 posting every day on social media they know everything about you but they not experience you yet so when they experience you that that's the crown on that thing yeah i seen what you post yeah i seen you at the mall yeah i seen you at the lake yeah i seen you on the beach yeah i seen you having dinner with your family but now i want an experience If it's still in a church building, it means that the winds are not there and God's not on his way. But when you can sense something, you, you may never ever had an experience with the Holy Spirit, but you just sense something in the room. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. My hair stood up on my back. No, it wasn't that you were scared and wasn't that you were nervous. It's the Holy Spirit moving on your life because you didn't come just to have an encounter on Facebook. You came to have an encounter in service and you felt that there was more in the house than it was on my computer or on my phone. And I came to tell you there is more in this house than it is streaming. Get to the house. Get to the house. Get in the room. Get in the room. Get, 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 get in the room. A lot of things are very entertaining, but you can't feel it. And then let me just digress just a little bit. And I'm not, not prejudiced against anybody, but African-American people have always gravitated towards what they could feel. They're just wired like that. If we start hitting the bass, they start. They can't dance, but they just start moving. I got I to gotta feel it. We're going to do an upgrade in here. You got to feel it. You got to hear the thump. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the right room now. <laughs> Some of y'all start moonwalking. That went out a long time ago, but that you feeling it, though. We don't mind if you moonwalk. You can praise dance in some old kind of way, but you got to start feeling this. Anybody starting to feel it now? Yeah, you feel it because it's in the room. That, that's what we have to create. You got to feel it in the room because you may forget what I said, but you won't forget the feeling in the room because the feeling will make you hungry for another feeling and another feeling. That's how they get you addicted to drugs because you get connected to the feeling. So 
we're going to make sure you get a feeling today. And when you get the feeling today, you're going to say, I want more, I want more, I want more. That may not be the type of church that I'm used to, but I feel something up in there. I've been looking to feel something all my life. I've been dead on the inside, but something's alive. begin to blow in the room. Things begin to stir. Man, I've been going to church all my life and I never sensed anything like that. Something moving around here. I'm not even trying to make it move and it's moving. I'm not even trying to think better and I'm thinking better. I'm not trying to even be better, but I want to be better now. What, what's in this room that makes me want to be better than I was before I got in the room? It's the winds that begin to blow and stir in the room that makes you want to live better, makes you want to be better, makes you want to do better. Somebody shout, it's in the room, it's in the room, it's in the room. Number four, suddenly everyone will experience what's happening in the room. Suddenly, they said, suddenly, suddenly, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was still thinking about all the stuff I was going through. All of a sudden, it left. I was still going through the pain I was going through. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it left. I can't tell you when it left. I can't tell you when I got focused. I can't tell you when my mind changed. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it left me. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what all was going on. But all of a sudden, what I felt, I didn't feel no more. What I was struggling with, I wasn't struggling with no more. I came to tell somebody, whatever your struggle was when the day started will not be your struggle when the day ends. Why? Because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're no longer broke. All of a sudden, you're no longer confused. All of a sudden, you're no longer going through what you've been going through. All of a sudden. See, this, this particular room don't have three steps, five steps, seven steps. No, this room has one step. I believe I receive. And I shall have. Some of y'all who were thinking about steps, I dare you to shout in the atmosphere, I got it now. See, you need to be in an environment. It's not a denominational environment. It's not a black church, white church. It's, it's God's church. Whenever it's God's church, God will come sit down and he'll bless everybody, male, female, young, old. It doesn't matter. God wants you to touch us all. And they got so much conducive in that room that God came and sat down in that room and the wind started blowing in that room and everybody sitting in the room and they were sitting in the room that God was in the room and when God gets in the room that you're sitting in the room and everybody wants more what's in the room all of a sudden God start doing something in the room and people on your road they may not lift their hands they may not stand up but they can feel what's in this room suddenly everyone will experience what's in the room all of a sudden all of a sudden, all of a sudden, man, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. The reason I need you to help me is because I walked out here the other Friday and praise and worship had not started. And the room was lit with glory. I don't think you know what you, you, know you, what you got with you. Because they came in this room and they lit this room up. 
And I'm telling you, you better figure out that you got treasure in earthen vessels. Because there were some females that lit this room up. Don't you throw them away. Because they got something. They got something. They got something on them. I, I'm, just, I'm just honest with everything. They got something on them. And let that thing light up so the devil don't have no more tricks up his sleeve to try to stop you from leading your family to where you need to go. There's something on them. So you got to acknowledge it. And if there's a light, you hold the light and walk with the light. But don't put the light out. So you learn how to use it as a lantern, baby. Learn how to use it as a lantern, but don't throw it away. If they're lit, that's good. If they're praying, that's good. If they're worshiping, that's good. If they're quoting scripture, that's good. You got a lamp. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. If you got a lit woman, you got a good thing, baby. You may not understand it. You may want her to calm down sometimes, but if you got a woman that's wild and lit, you got a good thing on your side, and guess what? You about to win. You about to win big in this season. Number five. Something's happening in this room. Can y'all feel it in the balcony? Something's happening in this room. See, it's got to happen in the room before it happens with you. Empty room, empty people. Full room, full people. Somebody shout, the room is full. And I'm next. I changed when I got in full rooms. As long as I was in empty rooms, I struggled. But when I got in full rooms, I changed. I wonder what happened to Stephen A. Davis. I got into a room that was filled, filled with knowledge, filled with power, filled with authority. Whenever you get in a room that's filled with all the attributes of heaven, it's going to transform your life. You may have came into this room a wuss, but you're going to leave out a warrior. Something happens in the room. I, I, my, my leader always says, just getting in the room. When you get in the room, everything's going to change. I say, I feel so small in the room, but you grow faster in the room. If you take a fish, this certain type of fish, and you put it in an aquarium, and if the aquarium is small, the fish stays small. But if you put it in a larger tank, the fish will grow to the capacity of the tank. So when you're in a large room, don't get nervous when you're a part of a big church. Now you're about to grow. You're growing by feet now baby not inches the reason God brought you into this room is cause he wanted to grow you the reason God let you stream in cause he knows you got more capacity on the inside of you there's more to you than meets the eye they've been looking at you like you were never gonna be anything no when you got in this tank baby all of a sudden you start expanding intellectually you start expanding everything about you start expanding I didn't know you could be that great it's all because you're in a larger room You start to believe things that you, you normally wouldn't believe. You start to see things you normally wouldn't see. Sometimes when you're seeing beyond the, the, the elementary things of your family sometimes. And you get in another room and you go back and try to tell them what you heard. They don't want to hear what you heard. It's okay. God brought you in the room and not them. Wonder why God brought you in this room. Wonder why God put you up in here today on the Pentecost. Why did he fill this room and let you be in the room? This Bible said about 120. 
ready. I want to tell you you're in this room because God got something heavy on his mind. I said you're in this room because God's about to blow your mind. You're in this room because God's about to stir up some haters. But you're going to be alright. The Lord is on your side. You're in this room because God's about to do the exceedingly abundantly above. Oh, you can ask a thing with you. Anybody in this room know that greatness is on the inside of you. I dare you to shout, I am the one. If you open up your mind and open up your heart, you'll realize you're more like the people that the room that you went into than you are like the people you left sitting on the sideline. The reason that you got into the room because they identified with you while you were dwarf, while you were indifferent, while you were immature. They still saw the potential in you. They saw greatness in you and you said, what do they see in me? They see greatness in you because most of those people in the room came from where you came from and they understand they can pick up on it. They can discern it. They said, that's just like me. I was inferior like that. I felt like an outsider too. But now that I'm in the room, I found my place. Anybody finding your place in this room? Because if you can find your place in this room. You about to go to another dimension, baby, because this room is about to shift on an international basis. This room. And guess what? Because you're in the room. You're going to shift with it. You may have to learn some things. You may have to study some things. You may have to pray about some things, but no, you're in the room. It's not going to leave you behind. There's no way to leave you behind and you're in the room. As long as you got a seat, you ain't got to have the front seat. All you got to do is have a seat in the room. Number five, when everyone is aware of heaven in the room, everyone will be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is your awareness. It is your awareness. If I came around you and you didn't acknowledge that I was there, I'm only going to stay there for a short period of time. But when the wind came into the room and they acknowledged that heaven was in the room, then about 120 of them received what was in the room. The reason the devil works against the room is because he don't want you feel. The reason so much confusion breaks out in the room is because the devil don't want you more powerful than he is. The reason all the dissension is going around in the body of Christ is because God knows he's got something powerful on his hands. And the devil knows he's threatened by you and he doesn't even know you know what's in the room. But if you know what's in this room right now and you're aware of what's in this room and I'm not asking you to act undignified but I am asking you to act because the Bible of act brought forth an act. And I don't know if you're going to lift your hands. I don't know if you're going to shout. I don't know if you're going to say hallelujah. I don't know if you're going to speak in tongues. But God needs a response from you if you realize that heaven is in the room. So I'm going to give you just a couple of seconds to express the fact that you know he's in the room. I almost feel a hooping spirit on me. Is there anybody out there that knows that God is in the room? Is there anybody out there that understands that the Holy Spirit is moving throughout the room. Is there anybody out there that realize that God came to bless your life? I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I feel the power in here. I feel the anointing in here. I feel the glory in here. Do you realize? I say, do you realize? 
in the room. He's in the balcony. He's on the floor. He's on the stage. He's in the lobby. He's in the parking lot. He's on the streamers. He's on YouTube. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He's in the room. Is there anybody that knows that the Lord is in the room? you to touch nobody here, but tap them on the shoulder and say, the Lord's in the room, the Lord's in the room. So that means anything can happen. That means somebody getting healed from cancer. That means somebody getting healed from sugar diabetes. That means every stronghold against your bloodline is breaking. Whatever God gets in the room, whatever the devil lined up to stop you, whatever the devil's been doing to destroy you, it's broken because he's in the room. Aren't you glad you're in the room? But most of all, he's in this room. Whatever you've been going through, whatever the suicidal thoughts that's been going through your head, all of you who've been dealing with anxiety, some of y'all been dealing with all types of fear, but I came here to tell you that he's in the room and fear has to go, anxiety has to go, trouble has to go, mental illness has to go, it's got to go because he's in this room. Grief got to go. It ain't been nothing but a day since I lost him. Grief has to leave because he's in the room. It's impossible to grieve when he's in the room. I will rejoice with those who are rejoicing. He is in this room. Now I'm filled with peace. Yeah, now I'm filled with peace. Yes, yes. I'm filled with joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I'm filled with strength. Some of y'all have begun to do a little bit better than your family, but it still seems like poverty is trying to hold on to you. You have more assets than they did. You moved into some things that they never moved in, but it still feels like something's pulling at you. Feels like it's trying to take you backwards. But I believe with this next shout, whatever was trying to pull you backwards, it ain't gonna let you go, but it's gonna pull you forward. Welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. 
Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.